0: Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to Love Yourself Fiercely. I am so excited about our guest today. Jen Schneider is not only the raddest chick ever, but she is also a self-love warrior who has dedicated her life to teach women how to reset their mind and and live intentionally and just create community. She's just like me. She loves community of like-minded women so we can rise together And she has a pretty fun story. So Jen, thank you so much for being here. I'm so, so excited to have this conversation with you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super pumped. I would love for you to tell us in your own words, you know, your own self-evolution. When did you know that self-love was lacking in your life? And how did you really find your way to get to a place where it became kind of the forefront of all that you are? I started my journey. Obviously we all start as
1: children. And so when I was a very young girl, I didn't have a whole lot of self-confidence. I felt different. I felt less than I didn't quite understand how everybody, how the popularity game worked. never got it and never fell into line, but I wanted it so desperately. So even though I had, I know that leader inside of me, I pushed her down to become a follower, to do what everyone else was doing, what was trendy, you know, the, the makeup, the clothes, the people, and just being a complete people pleaser. And I allowed people to treat me in ways that I would never allow them to treat me today. So and I believe that my self evolution story with my self love journey started really when I decided, I made that decision, that I'm no longer going to allow people to treat me any way they can, And I gave people boundaries, right? I set myself up for success by telling people, "Uh, no, no, I'm no longer signing up for you to talk to me like that or treat me the way that you're treating me. Uh, I know I came from a divorced family. My parents divorced when when I was about three years old and we moved around a lot. So I was able to recreate myself over and over and over again, which has its good qualities because like recreating myself in an evolutionary experience is so empowering. But when I was recreating myself in those ways, it was basically to fit the mold, right. Yeah. To be that girl, to, to have those things that those other girls had that I didn't think I had when at, at, I was never lacking at all at any point in time. And so when I got to the place where we settled, which is in North Carolina, I started school here and I really wanted to do something different, um, but I got caught up. I got caught up again. And I also experienced trauma, uh, sexual trauma as a child, as a teenager. So it was very hard for me to understand where to find love from, right? I wanted to find love from other men, from men. shopping, you know, like all these things that was filling me up, but it was this empty space inside of me. So I just kept filling it up with things that was not satisfying or had any long term satisfaction. And I ended up feeling even more empty as I continued on this path. And then there was just that moment of clarity where I didn't want to go down that path anymore. I saw the end goal, right? I saw the degradation, the the dark places that I was headed. And I decided I made a decision no longer am I going to go down that path anymore. And it opened many doors for me. And what's great is that happened about 13 years ago when I decided to um, stop using drugs and stop drinking. And I got my life together. Um, Granted, there were lots of hiccups and mistakes and and growing that I had to do in those times. So what I did uh, once I made that decision was to do whatever it took to listen to other people that were ahead of the game, that weren't the people who were saying, Oh, Jen, you're not that bad. It's not that bad. You're doing great. You still have, you know, X, Y, Z, right? You still have the house, the car, whatever. You still have these things. But what I didn't have was that self-respect. So I decided to find those people, those women that were mentors for me and even mentors that I didn't even know personally reading books, right? Getting deep into my spirituality, getting deep into mental and physical healing from those past traumas, like you posted about that is exactly what um, I want to accomplish in my journey is to just continue being a better version of myself than I was yesterday. Oh my God, that comparison trap, right? Yeah, I was stuck in all of that too. Like, oh, I don't have what she has. I don't have her, you know, I didn't, I wasn't dealt those same calls or I wasn't dealt those same cards. So I have to overcompensate and be an overachiever. Oh my goodness. Overachieved (laughs) my entire life to gain acceptance and worthiness. And when I let go of that, and that actually is still something that I struggle with today. Perfectionism and overachieving is still something where I, you know, define myself by what I do and not who I am. So I have to break free of that a lot of times and tell myself, slow down, you're doing too much. You know, it's okay to have a break and take a rest. But when it comes to like where I am at today, I've got, you know, a husband, a family, I work with other women, helping them break the chains of perfectionism, helping them, you know, rock their mindset and
0: heal from, you know, past traumas. And I am just so empowered by that. Thank you so much. That's, You know, I think your story resonates on so many levels. Um, I talk about how I molded myself over and over and over and over and over to try and fit into other people's, you know, what I believe they had that I didn't And, and, um, it's exhaust. First of all, it's exhausting. So to exhausting. Try to be enough all of the time. And I fell into that popularity trap as well. You know, like what do they have that I didn't have? And it took me years, same as you to kind of recognize that they don't have anything I don't have <laughs> except for confidence to show up as myself. Right. It's like, that's what it comes down to is the, this, the, when we're able to really embrace who we are and, and make decisions about who we are there are parts of us we don't particularly we're not particularly fond of such as if we respond with aggression or we get a little frustrated and we want to change that to be more responsive not reactive and then there are parts of us that are pretty friggin' amazing but until we go down this path of self-discovery and choosing we don't even see that right we just see what we don't what we believe we don't have so um Thank you for sharing your story. I mean, I think perfectionism overachieving, uh, trying to fit in all of those things are stuff, stuff. All of those things are parts of us that a lot of women really struggle with, you know, and I have my own opinions on why that is, but I would love to hear like, where do you believe that comes from in women as a, as a whole?
1: I really do feel like it's just that emptiness. And we try to fill with, with things, with, with people, with places, with all this outwardly society has set the bar, right? So Mm -hmm. society says, well, this, and I remember magazines, you know, when I was growing up, like I didn't look like her, I didn't have a thigh gap, like what's a thigh gap, (laughs) right? (laughs) I was called chunky monkey, even though I, I only weighed a hundred pounds. So it didn't make sense to me that I was being told I was ugly, I was fat, I didn't fit in, you don't belong here. So I internalized all of those things that people were telling me so that when others would tell me in the future, oh, you're beautiful, Jen, you're stunning, you're gorgeous, you're so well put together. My brain went back to that child that said, you're fat, you're ugly, and you don't belong. So I didn't necessarily believe them. And I call this, this is something that I just came up. Actually, I've been developing this idea for a while, but these are the beautiful lies that we tell ourselves. Yeah. They fit into the narrative to help us push back that pain that we don't have to necessarily heal, heal from. Those are the things where we tell ourselves like, oh, it's not that bad. Oh, they didn't mean that. That's not how they meant it. Or I'll deal with that tomorrow, right? Procrastination, <laughs> all the peas. So when we break down those beautiful eyes and we have a chance to stand up and say, I'm not doing this anymore, I'm going to change the narrative and I'm going to stand up for myself and I will show people how they can treat me by not allowing those people um, access to me. Right. Those in the Mm -hmm. nosebleed section. Do yeah. not get access to my life. You have to be in the arena with me, getting the blood, sweat and tears growing stronger with me for me to appreciate your uh, input because there are, we are each other's eyes and ears too. At the end of the day, if a woman who I have a close connection with say, Hey Jen, I noticed that you're not, you know, you're not yourself or there's, is there something going on? Like, that's what I want us to be able to do for each other. Or if, if you see me doing something I'm like, Hey Jen, what's up? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> And I can do that for others too. And standing up for others and being able to rise together. Like we've talked about not just criticizing, not being that critic, but having constructive criticism where I was, I had to open up my my mind when someone would tell me what to do, because, you know, I'm a grown ass woman, right? Yeah. I would take other people who didn't care about me, their opinions so seriously that I would do whatever, but the ones that cared about me, I'd be like, oh no, no, I'm not taking, taking that, but I would care about the one person out of the 99 that had something negative to say
0: right. and take that
1: to heart today. I'm like, no more.
0: <laughs> I'll so stick true. with the winners. <laughs> it's so true. And, you know, I, I want to touch on that a little bit. So I am a firm believer that so much of what we as women struggle with comes from, you know, our conditioning, our societal conditioning the patriarchal systems that we're in and, and this undertone of um, who we're expected to be in this world. Right. And so when we're little, that looks like air quotes to the listeners, the popular girl, right. Who, if I'm being honest, why was she always petite and blonde with blue hair? She was cute. She was also really smart. She was like, everything the total package <laughs> the total package and we it was ingrained in our media in our social constructs in our subconscious beliefs based on what we were seeing everywhere that that was who we had to be and so if we didn't fit in that mold or that girl didn't like us or pay attention to us half the time she didn't just didn't pay attention to us all of a sudden we made that mean something about who we were as people And then you couple that with bullying that occurs or, um, trauma, you know, at home or just things that happen in our life. And we start to believe all of those pieces over allowing ourselves to be seen by those we truly love and admire. And when we allow ourselves to, to internalize, you know, things, our partner says things, our parents, they, things, our friends say, that's what you were saying. I couldn't. I couldn't internalize what the people I loved and cared about thought because I was so focused on the negative pieces that other people would say we do that because we're afraid that if they don't like us, the people that we love, that will hurt. Right. That hurts so much because I love you and I care about you. And if you don't love me back, then that'll hurt a lot. So I'm just going to put up these walls and these barriers. So I love you from a distance. You can't actually get in because I know pain and pain sucks. And so now I'm self-preserving from the people I actually really love. Mm
1: -hmm. It's so
0: messed how we do that.
1: Why do we do that? (laughs) I wish I had the answer, which is great because guess what? I allowed myself not to worry about why and focus on the how, because we can get so stuck um, in in that mind. Well, why, why, how did this happen to me? You know, why, why me, why me? (laughs) Yeah. And I can say that I don't know where it came from, but obviously we were all born with it because we all have a part of the story that we've had to break through. Even that girl, even that popular girl was struggling. And she just didn't show it. Yeah, so that's why it's like, it was such a great experience for me to be able to realize that every single person has been through something and has a story and has something to share. But a lot of times we stay in our, existence and just live. And, and we don't go outside. Cause that was something else. I felt like I knew I was made for something more. And I hear that a lot. Like people say, Oh, I was made for something more. I'm made for something more. Well, what does that mean? We don't know. That's why it's a self-discovery yeah. journey. If yeah. you're meant for something more, find out what you're passionate about. Try it. You may not be great at it. Like I was like, Oh, I love acting and writing and being creative and all these things. Was I good at it at first or modeling? You know, I had never modeled before in my life, but I always thought I wanted to be one. And a local boutique popped up and said, they're looking for models. And I signed up for it. And let me tell you, that first photo shoot came out. I looked, you know, a little bizarre (laughs) because I didn't know what to do with my hands. And now I can pose. I know how my body looks good. You know, I have created you create your craft as you go. If you have a passion for it,
0: look back to when you were younger and the things you said you wanted to do and go for it. I love that so much. What I love the most is everything you just named off there, writing and, and creativity and modeling, and it's all feminine energy. It is all, that's all feminine energy. And, my listeners are so used to me talking to this about the, to them about the power of our feminine energy and the power of our creativity when we're in alignment with who we are as women and we're able to access and channel our feminine energy to be in our essence you know a lot of what we do by staying stuck staying still in our bubble is we continue to operate from our masculine paradigm which is totally serving right getting shit done helps us move through life But when we're where we also were operating out of ego, a lot of the time when we're stuck in that place. But when we allow ourselves to explore, to self-explore, to self-discover, to try new things, to, you know, try modeling or take a dance class or write a book, man, like all those things that we loved as little girls. When we allow those to resurface in our life and we're taking risks, but really it's like let's reconnect to that baby goddess inside of me, right? She's been calling me to do this forever. And I just pushed her down, pushed her down. And now you've made the reconnection. And all of a sudden, like magic starts to happen. And it's because you're in feminine energy, energy, right? It's all about the feminine energy. It's something that's so foreign to us most of the time, but when we're able to tap in, it's like, man, you become magnetic, you're super energized, it's so exciting, you can take on the world and it sounds like that's what you did you started to take little risks for yourself trying new things and setting healthy boundaries and and deciding that you were going to follow that heart whisper that says i'm made for more and mm-hmm. i love that so i would love for you to now tell us a little bit about your coaching practice and how that came to be and like all of the greatness that you're doing in the world oh my goodness
1: so the story happened when my son was born. So that was, he's about to be four years old. And that was what I really was like. I had a daughter already who is now seven years old. When I worked for the company that I was working for, I literally had to put her back in daycare at six weeks old. I had to pray a lot to get through the days just to get back to my baby. And this time with my son, that same company allowed me to have some um, maternity leave for the first time. Like, let me sidebar for just a second. Mm-hmm. Why in America do we have to go back to work after having a baby after six weeks? Anyway,
0: sorry. Amer- Americans need to catch up.
1: I'm I. I I. Oh, my goodness. I talked to a woman who was from Russia and she said that they have an entire year to hold your spot and get paid.
0: Yeah. And so you can take up to like- three years. In and with Canada, me, we get yeah. 12 months paid. Well, not paid like your your company doesn't pay you, but you are able to access unemployment for those 12 months. And they just recently in the last five years extended it. You have the opportunity to extend to 18 months. So we can take up to 18 months for maternity, but it is standard practice in just about everywhere else in the world that you get 12 months and America is still making moms go back to work the minute the doctor says their stitches are healed. It's bullshit. Thank you. Okay, so that was my sidebar. Thank you for coming <laughs> to my TED Talk.
1: Um, <laughs> I was on the floor with my son with all of those hormones running through my body and I said, I wanna do something while I'm at home and I got into network marketing and it was the most empowerful, you know, impacting. My friend had been you know, bugging me about it. She's my best friend. Just try it, just try it, just try it. And I was like, all right, fine, I'll try it. And I did it. And I remember even, you know, backing up the story, going into other network marketing and, you know, just falling flat on my face. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And like, oh, this thing is a scam. You know, all those things that we say about this kind of, you know, thing. Um, But think about it. It's all, you know, a pyramid scheme. If you think about the way you go to work, you have a CEO, managers and workers. And I was a worker, underneath a boss who was very critical of me and I was not in a happy place and then I was very very stuck in that career position so I was like how can I help women how can I empower women and empower myself and show my children and my husband that I can do something and it was it was amazing but then I had to go to work I had to go back to work right yeah and immediately all those people that I worked with that that boss was like why are you doing that? You know, this is making you so much money, your, your career, like you have a career, you're in advertising, you're in sales, you're this professional, like, she's like looking down on little old me trying to do something different. And I swallowed it. And I went back to that old person again. Right. And just went into that. Like you said, that masculine energy where I was like, get shit done. Just, just go, 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 go drop kids off, go to work, come home, you know, that same cycle. And it literally, it, it was very, it was a hard place to be. So that was not too long ago. So four years ago that happened. And then I, I quit that job to start another local sales company thinking that that would be different. And it was very similar. They want (laughs) what you can offer. Like if you show yourself as being indispensable, then they give you one more, one more, like go a little further, work a little harder. Oh, now we want you to work nights and weekends. I'm like, wait, what?
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) And I just had enough. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go on this thing full time. I have been doing courses and helping women, um, you know, break free, whether it be mentally, um, with their choices, what they put in and on their body, clean beauty, when I made that decision, I literally started looking at everything in my body. I had just had a baby, so I eliminated toxins. Like if you knew how many toxins we put on our body before we even start our day, yeah, it's incredible. So, I mean, I cleaned up my routine. I was able to feel healthier and move my body in ways that felt good to me, not just killing myself at the gym and then eating the entire pizza. And then not eating the next day. So that was my, that was my idea of balance, right? Oh, well, I had the whole pizza. So now I won't eat anything. Oh, I worked out for two hours today. So I won't work out for two days. It's like, no, that's when I created, you know, the mindset reset from fear to flow. I like to think of it as harmony, right? We're women who take on way too much and we go way too hard. And I, I mean, I have clients that say, oh, I give 110%. You don't have 110%. (laughs) you will burn out. That's not how we were created. And I created the 80, 20 rule. I don't know if I created it or how, where it came from, but it's something that I instill in my life too. Like if I work out, I don't go 110% because guess what? I'm not going to want to do it tomorrow. Yeah. But if I go 80%, like I used to want to keep up with the fitness instructor, right. Or go a little harder. And then I'd be, (laughs) I go 80%. And then as I build that 80%, then my endurance strengthens. So that, you know, when my endurance strengthens that 80% is automatically going to come up and that 20% is reserved for rest for, you know, not giving any thought to anything like truly meditation, getting up every morning, having a morning routine. All of those things is what I want women to be able to do. And a lot of people say, oh, I'm not a morning person. I don't have time. We all have the same excuses, right? There's no, yeah. there's no new excuses. They're all the same. They just might be packaged differently differently. But when it comes to harmony, that is really my true desires for us to be able to. And I say this, like, I want it to be like a boys to men harmony where it, mm, da, da, da,
0: da, <laughs> it all yeah. comes
1: together. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. I love that so much. And, you know, I, I love what you say. Like, we don't have 110%. And it's interesting. And I, I love this conversation because you like breeze over the fact that you have two tiny babies. I'm like, you have two small children and I have two small children and love them to death, but they're life suckers. Right. And so on a regular basis, we're like trying to navigate our business and take care of our kids and take care of ourselves. And, and we naturally as Overcoming perfectionists and and you know previous overachievers, hundred and ten percent is the goal, the aim that all the time. But I love that premise of like, no, 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 no. Everything gets eighty percent of what I have to give, so that that remaining twenty percent is mine for rest, is mine for refilling my soul, however however I deem fit. Which is super important. It's also feminine energy. I talk about this all the time that it, it. rest is required right solitude is required on this journey so that we can replenish what it is that we're lacking in our day to day because we would all be lying as women if we said every day was sunshine and roses as mothers <laughs> every day was sunshine and roses as as partners and as business owners and as as corporate people life is hard and we spend the majority of our life giving our energy away and taking care of other people and other things, and so I love the premise that that twenty percent is yours. It's yes. saved for you to replenish as you need in whatever capacity that looks like, you know sometimes that's, I'm going to go to bed an hour earlier. Sometimes that's, I'm going to make sure I go to yoga in the morning because I love the way I feel after I start my day with yoga. Sometimes that's, I'm going to be that girl, that girl on the internet, who's running her bath and sharing it to her stories at 2 PM on a Tuesday afternoon. That's who I'm going to be today. And all of it is perfectly valid. Yes. And I had a client,
1: I remember being on the phone with her and I said, how much time can you spend on yourself? She said, maybe an hour or two a month. And I said, do you know how that breaks down? That's four minutes a day. Yeah. Do you not believe that you're worth four minutes, more than four minutes out of a 24 hour day for yourself? And and I think that was really empowering for her to say, you know what, you're right. If I take Mm -hmm. this time every single day, instead of saying, oh, I'll just take it one day for two hours, we're not going to recharge. It's never, it's always going to be the cup is going to, it's going to recharge for those two. And then we're going to
0: right write. Yeah. And that's what I always say, you know, when we're teaching the energetics, right. The balance of the masculine and feminine and, and really starting to embody the feminine energy. Self-care is, is not only necessary, but it's critical to be able to have access to your feminine energy on the reg on a regular basis. But like you're saying, if you have two hours on one day, or you give yourself one day a week to rest and refuel, you're just refilling the cup and then you're just depleting it again. But there's no, like, where is the consistent flow of energy? It doesn't exist when it's not a consistent thing in our life. And there are going to be seasons where that's really hard to fit in. For sure it is. But that's when you, when you create habits that support your desired way of living and your desired way of being, not only are you able to recognize real quickly that you're deplenishing and being like, something's got to give, I got to make space, but you also start to value yourself and what you need in your life so much stronger, like yes, so much more. I can remember the good old days where it was like self-care. What does that mean? Mm-mm. No, didn't mean? know it.
1: Yeah, it's definitely been a journey when it comes to self care because it always looked like uh, the big things, right? Going and getting a massage or a facial, yeah. or those were the things that I had originally associated with self care. And now I can realize that that is a part of it. It can be, but it's not even necessary. Those things are great and they feel good, and that's good. But when I replenish my soul. And my spirit and my mental state, like, and I'm healing, man, that yeah. is way more self-care than going and getting a pedicure. Yeah.
0: So I would love for you to, let's piggyback on that. Let's dive a little deeper. What are some of your favorite daily self-care activities? Uh,
1: I am a self-care warrior girl. I'm, I'm here with you. I wake up, um, whether it's before the kids get up, because sometimes that's not possible. And let me tell you what, I am a rebel, Right. So habits, tying me down, doing things on a regular basis was like nails on a chalkboard to me when I started this process. So if you're <laughs> listening or watching and that was you, believe me, I rolled my eyes way back into my head when someone would tell me morning routines and evening routines. I'm like, yeah, yeah okay. So I do. I love resetting my mind, allowing myself that time in the morning to you know read and uh, to be able to write, journaling. I mean, these are things that we are told to do, but 90% of us don't do it. Mm -hmm. I can be told what to do, but until I see the benefits of doing it and allowing myself to have, uh, that time and energy spent on myself and, and I do work steps, I'm in a recovery program. So working those steps has also, and believe me, if I had a Ted talk, it would be why the world needs a 12 step program.
0: Yeah. Just saying.
1: Uh (laughs) replace alcohol, drugs, whatever it is with whatever you put in there. And it it works. It works for all life struggles. And I do that every morning as much as I can. And I don't want it to be a rigid routine. Sometimes in the mornings, I'm like, I need to do an extra load of laundry. That's self-care. Yep. I need to put up that load of laundry that I left on the bed seven days ago with the Mount Rushmore of clothes that are piling up because that is cluttered mind. That will give me that anxiety, it'll build up, you know, so housework done and segments in the morning too, is a form of me going, "Ah, I can breathe. Okay. My house Mm -hmm. is in order and, and all those things, self-affirmations, but I, I work with my clients on self-affirmations because if it doesn't, if you start with a self-affirmation before breaking down all that negative mind junk, it's not going to benefit you. In fact, your brain will reject it. It'll say, I don't resonate with that. What are you talking about? Now, your subconscious mind is a very powerful place. So if I'm telling myself in my head, I can't do it, I won't get it done. Then guess what? The answer is yes and amen. Yeah, it won't happen. So when I give myself those self-affirmations of I am capable of just start with those words, not I am beautiful, I am smart, I am wealthy, I am blessed. I am (laughs) like, those are great too. They are.
0: Yeah. But if your subconscious doesn't believe them, they don't work. I love that you do that too. So I teach, I, I have always taught, create your own affirmations because if I'm poor as all hell and I got like eight bucks till next payday and I'm going to sit there every morning, I say, I am a millionaire. You know what my brain's going to say? No, the fuck you wait. No, you're not. Girl, you you got 8 bucks. True. We can't believe that. Yeah. But what we can believe is I am taking steps to make my dream a reality. I am taking the necessary action to build this incredible business that will support me financially. That creates an emotion. An emotion creates an action. An action and an emotion together reprogram. Right. It's like, I love that you say that because it's so true. If you got eight bucks, you're not a millionaire, nor do you feel like one. (laughs) You can say, like you said, I am attracting
1: money opportunities and I am open to those things as they come. And I will look for signs and ways for me to align my talents and my, you know, my talents and interest and have, because that's what happens is that we just go into a job that has that we have absolutely no interest in. And then we get stuck there because you got the golden handcuffs of the, the salary and the car, you know, whatever, whatever they offer the benefits. Oh my gosh. Remember, you know, like can't leave the benefits. I'm going to have the best benefits package and oh, I would never become an entrepreneur because then I'd have to deal with all that tax stuff. And
0: here I am dealing with yeah. all that tax stuff. <laughs> what, what am I going to do without benefits? Girl, if you're <laughs> an entrepreneur and you're making money, you can pay for your teeth to get you're cleaned. Good. That's right. That's right. We're <laughs> I good. That every time I'm like, um, if you hit these financial targets, client, can you not afford a teeth cleaning? I think you can. <laughs> I think so. I right? think So, Yes. I know. So, right. (laughs) Yeah. It's so good. Jen, I think you're so magical and I know my people are going to want to be in your energy even more. So where's your favorite place to hang out?
1: I love Instagram. Instagram's my jam. I love making reels and just making people laugh, but also getting really heartfelt and deep. I do get a little more deep or at least more authentic in my Facebook group. It is a free group called mindset reset, intentional life strategies. And then I do have, you know, a membership, which I do go live in as well. And some other opportunities to work with me.
0: Awesome. And I will link those in the show notes. If you could leave our communities with one last Jen's favorite piece of advice, what would it be? Turn up your inner hype girl. Mm, I love that so much. Thank you so much for being here. I am so excited. We got to connect and I can't wait for us to collaborate in the future. Awesome. Thank you
1: so much. I'm honored.
0: And to our listeners, I hope you love yourself fiercely and fully today and every day. And I cannot wait to see you on the next episode.